when I was first building furniture and stuff, I mainly just used like um, cheap pine wood and like plywood and stuff. And then on one of my projects, I used um, walnut, which is just the domestic hardwood. And um, when I put finish on that the first time, I was like, whoa, this stuff looks incredible. Uh, mm. Just the, the grain and the color. And um, so that was like my first uh, taste of using hardwood. Hello, I'm Reg. And I'm Tiff. And we're, and we're the, the Fashion, fashion geeks. geeks. Trying to make New York. And the world. Well, New York is the world. A little flyer, one outfit. And podcast. At a time. When I was in high school, my grandparents gave me a tie rack as a gift. I couldn't believe it. My favorite people in the world gave me a gift to help me become fashionably organized. Once my grandpa taught me how to tie a tie with multiple knot options, four in hand, full Windsor, half Windsor, I started buying ties. And they helped me sometimes. Going to prep school and church on Sunday also helped silk, knit, rep, patterns, and solid. Foulards and jackets. For my freshman year in high school, I worked on different shirt and tie combinations over and over. Solid on pattern. Pattern on solid. Solid on solid. Pattern on pattern. That's why my color coordination game is so tight. The rack had 36 metal swivel hooks, was 19 inches long by 2 inches high and made of wood. I loved it. I still do. It's on the wall behind the door of my master bedroom. Nothing could ever replace it. Nothing. Now how did I get 72 ties on this thing? Oof. Yo! This is Reg Ferguson, fashion geek number one. How are you? Welcome to the ride, and thank you so much for listening. Please tell your friends about us. Please tell them to subscribe, and please give us a review, a review on Apple Podcast. Special shout goes to our producer, Search, and everyone down with the fashion geeks. If you have a question or a story suggestion, you can email me at podcast at nyfashiongeek.com or hit me up on the Insta at New York Fashion Geek. Today... We're going to talk with Justin Traywitt of Dapper Woodworks. I love that name. Who's in Texas. We're going to talk about a category of menswear that the everyday man should have in their arsenal. We're going to talk about accessory storage. JT in the building. How are you, man? Doing good. How about you, Rich? I'm uh, I'm hanging in here based on the circumstances. <laughs> yeah, just uh, holding it down here in Texas. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're holding it down at the DFW. Mm-hmm. So before we go into our topic, please tell us. So what do you do? So what do you so what do you so what do you do? said i'm justin uh, i run dapper woodworks and what i do is i make sartorial storage solutions and accessories so basically what that is uh is 
the best ways that you can store your menswear accessories. So ties, pocket squares, collar stays, any sort of accessory. Um, I've tried to figure out some way to create a storage solution for that. Uh, make other items such as uh, shoe horns and lapel pins. Um, so all sorts of uh, menswear-inspired woodworking items. So uh, it's just a, it's a fun side business for me. Got you. Accoutrements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like that's a good word. Yeah, yeah, it's my grandpa's word. I'm borrowing it. So how has your brand and your business been doing during COVID, Justin? It's been going crazy. Really? (laughs) Uh, That's fantastic. It took off last year, which is insane considering the circumstances. Right. Uh, It's a blessing. Pretty much, yeah, 2020 doubled revenue of what it was and 2019. So uh, that's just kind of one of the perks of being in e-commerce currently. Um, Everybody that I know of that's in some sort of e-commerce business um, has been just, their business has been going crazy this year. Um, I mean, depending on what they're selling, but um, just everybody's shopping online more. Um, You know, people aren't really going to stores as much. Uh, And so people are just getting everything online. That includes menswear, accessory storage things, which uh, I guess if you're not wearing things as much lately, like ties and accessories, you might as well find a way to store them. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's a good point. I've got these ties. What the <laughs> heck? Hey, Dapper Woodworks. Let me yep. see. So that's so interesting that you you have been part of that wave, and really kudos to you. I mean, again, yeah. it's it's a blessing. Do you primarily, because obviously, you know, I did research on you. Do you primarily operate through the Shopify platform? Yeah. Um, So when I started out about three years ago, I started on Etsy. Um, I had an account on there, uh, sold things on there for a few months. I still have my Etsy open just because I get sales every once in a while through through there. Um, But I knew pretty much immediately I needed to get my own website. And so... um, start looking at e-commerce platforms. Shopify was um, definitely the best solution for my needs and has been one of the best decisions I've made for my website or for my brand is just getting a website and using Shopify because there's so many cool apps and stuff that I've added to it that have helped me um, sell products better, offer more options. Um, So I love that platform. (laughs) Gotcha. So, I obviously met you through Instagram and Justin, I normally wouldn't do this, but I have to pat myself on the back. Cause you know, I had to track you down. <laughs> you did. Yeah. You know, starting to feel personal, Justin. <laughs> what the heck? He's just brushing me off. Just... I wasn't. Oh, he did another pod. I asked first. I, oh, I haven't done one since you asked. I, I know that that was, that was like over a year ago. The last one I've done. <laughs> Sure, sure. Well, yes, because not only do you have Dapper Woodworks, which is your side business, you also have a day job, but you also are a family man. Indeed. You're (laughs) married with two children. Two kids. One is your budding assistant. One of them, he's been, uh, he helps me out when he can. Uh, but 
he's usually out there for like a few minutes, and he's like, oh, I want to go play in the play set. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to defend Hudson. He, uh, you know, he's taking this in doses. Exactly. Because so one day you're going to hand this off. If, if you're lucky, and uh, and if Hudson doesn't like it, you have another one coming up. So, you know, between the two of them, one of them is going to take the reins. So uh, future employees. De- yeah, exactly. I'm de- I'm defending Hudson. He wants to take a toy break. <laughs> Tell okay. Uncle Red. Uncle Red said it was cool. Yeah, he was, needs it. Was, yeah, was his dad now? <laughs> Just working on wood. I mean, come on. What's, what's the big deal? Exactly. So. <laughs> So Shopify again is your main core of uh, of your sales distribution. Yep. <clears throat> but like I said, we met on Instagram, so I'm very curious from my perception of your page and profile on the gram. Would you argue that you kind of have or developing a cult following yeah, through Instagram? That's what I'm hoping. That's a uh, that'd be. That'd be ideal. If, I mean, it's it's cool. Uh, just this past year, uh, just having more people have been getting into my products and stuff, and I think that's definitely been one of my focuses of when I launched uh, my lapel pins that I started making last just about a year ago. Um, was making something special and custom and kind of limited um, that people could buy more than they'd be buying them more often, buying more than one of them. And um, always introducing something new and fun. Um, I just, I, you know, there's so many other brands that, you know, they offer kind of limited products and, um, you know, with the whole drops and not that I'm trying to like imitate streetwear's culture and stuff, but like, you know, brands that do drops and stuff, they like people sell out their products in like one minute, five minutes on their web store and stuff. And I'm definitely not anywhere close to that, but I want to create something that there was some excitement or some newness about, um, that people could collect and, you know, have a actual collection of small little products. Right. Well, I didn't really want to lead into it, but since we're talking about it, let's do this, Justin, the lapel pins, people are losing their minds. Apparently. I mean, woo! it's, it's bananas. I mean, the, People in the menswear space, particularly through Insta, are showing you so much love. I mean, everyone's doing a post. Yeah. And I know uh, I know you're catching feelings as I told you, hey, man, I have my own lapel pin. <laughs> I, know, I know that upset you. <laughs> you're like, what? Who is this guy? This jerk. Um, but I'd like to talk about really how... Do you make them? How do I make them? So that's a secret. I'm just kidding. Oh. No, I'll tell you. Oh, okay. They're a fairly uh, simple product to make, which is which is really? nice. Um, I mean, there's definitely steps, but usually when I'm I'm not doing like one at a time, I'm usually making 10 to 30 of them, depending on uh, how many or who else has been ordering them or just ones I want to make for fun. So, uh, basically the process, um, I bar, I buy the, uh, hardware or the, the hardware for it. And I've got much different hardware finishes. So I have all the hardware and then I take, uh, so the pieces of, of wood that I use, I'm able to get so many different crazy kinds is cause I'm using, 
um, pin turning blank. So like, um, what does that mean? So a pin blank, uh, this isn't P I N as in the felt pen, but this is P E N as in uh, a writing pin. So, uh, these turning blanks are for people that turn wooden pins on like a lathe. Um, so they're basically these six inch long, usually three quarter by three quarter of an inch, um, pretty small pieces of wood. And usually what you, what you would use them for is you would put them on a lathe and you'd spin it and you'd turn it down to a round piece that you could turn into an actual writing pen. Um, oh. And so that's usually what they're used for, but I've taken those, I slice them up, and then um, I, with the little slices of wood that I have on my drill press, I have a plug cutter that cuts the um, perfect round that fits my hardware. And so from there, glue the piece of hard, glue the wood into the piece of hardware, and then I've got a little sanding belt thing that I sand it almost flush, um, and then rub it with a little bit higher grit sandpaper to make it smooth. And then I put a drop of um, resin on each one, and that kind of coats it, that brings out the color, and then that gives a little protective layer over the pen. And so then that takes about uh, 24 hours to cure, and then, then it's good to go. So It seems like such a delicate process. Am I incorrect? Uh, yeah, it can be. I mean, there's definitely parts of it that can be, uh, messed up if I'm, you know, drilling the wood wrong and it just shoots off and goes somewhere else in the shop. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it'd be kind of finicky sometimes, but, uh, I've, I've pretty much, um, the thing I love about making products is that I can create a process and then just keep improving that process you know, each time I'm doing something. And so I think by now I've pretty much like completely got the process down to make it a fairly efficient thing to do for me. So, What led you, and I know we're not going in a true chronological order, <laughs> so forgive me, no, but sorry. what led you to consider a lapel pin as part of your product offerings? Um, so, well, if we want to start at the very beginning kind of related to this. So when I first yes, started, um, I wanted to do something that mixed uh, my passion for menswear along with my hobby for woodworking. But the only other things that I saw out there was like wooden bow ties or like, um, yeah, not, not my thing. And uh, like tie <laughs> clips, which are fine. But, uh, but there was so many and like cufflinks and stuff, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There were just so many other people doing stuff like that. I, extremely hated the wood bow ties i would never do that so uh i was like what i I was like okay i don't really want to do those things there's so many people doing that and so that was what led me to create the uh the tie racks and so and my other uh like the boxwell racks and um and everything else so but after doing that for two years and that's still my primary thing that i'm doing but um after working with people on instagram and just um you know, getting more photos and stuff, I realized, you know, people are only buying these things like once they're, you know, pretty much built to last a lifetime. Um, and Mm. you know, people, they are buying more than often, more often than once, unless they're just have this massive tie collection that keeps growing. Um, and 
people don't really post pictures of things in the dark closet on Instagram. <laughs> so I was like, dark closet, Justin. Yes, Go like that's business. yeah. There's nothing exciting about the <laughs> um, closet and posting a picture of your tie rack in a closet. So um, I was like, what can I? So about last year, I was like, what can I do that's um, either something that people can be buying more of and something that people can incorporate into their daily outfit um, or their pictures of their posts on Instagram. And so I just made, um, I bought some hardware and then bought one little plug pair of things, made a lapel pin. I was like, oh, these are kind of cool. And then just kind of went from there. And I just used some scrap wood starting out. And then um, from there, I was like, okay, what can I do with this? So I started, so I bought probably like 25 different um different kinds of exotic wood all in these little, uh, in these pen blanks. So I bought uh, yeah, all these woods and that was kind of my first intro to just some of these crazy woods and stuff. And I just kind of kept expanding it from there. Um, you know, when I kind of realized I was onto something when I, I've been just getting, I mean, it's almost like daily now that I'm getting at least two or three people tagging me in a picture i can like barely keep up with on instagram now (laughs) yeah i know i mean it seems from my perspective it seems like it's just it's caught fire and i think that was probably what led me to you you know the algorithm did its thing (laughs) and i looked i said oh and i want to really be clear not that you're putting pressure on me i thought they were very interesting particularly because you have sourced materials that I think normally people wouldn't have imagined. Yeah. I saw one post you got materials from a guy who does decks, who does skateboards. Yeah. Talk me through that. Um, yeah. So after starting out with those different exotic woods, I started exploring, uh, just trying to figure out how I can, you know, find some more interesting things. And, um, so from there, I started finding more pen blanks, whether they were like um, dyed woods in all different colors um, or different resin ones. And um, there's a guy I've been following on Instagram for years. Um, his uh, his Instagram is Wobie Design, and he does he makes everything out of recycled skateboard decks. And um, I used to be a skater back in the day, back in high school, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. I wish I could get you know, just some offcuts or scraps of something he's got. And so I just reached out to him on Instagram and was like, uh, Hey, do you have any thing or any, uh, extra scraps and stuff? And so I just sent him my address and then like a package shows up and a few days later, just all these wow. scraps of, uh, <laughs> skateboard deck, old skateboard deck material, which I think is, uh, if no one's ever, uh, hopefully most people have seen skateboard decks, but, um, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with them, they're basically just, um, usually a deck is between seven and nine layers of, uh, maple plywood. And a lot of times, uh, skateboard decks will have different colored, uh, layers of, um, of this maple, um, of this maple, maple veneer, I guess, or, um, and so they, they all, I've always just been interested in the different colors and combinations they make. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, these will be so perfect lapel pins very cool yeah in terms of your patronage for the lapel pins is it mostly domestic 
Is it also international? Where are your customers coming from? Uh, so, yeah, lots of domestic. And then I've got, yeah, I've had lots of people that are internationally buying things, too. Um, it's a lot easier to ship the lapel pins internationally than my bigger ones. It's a little bit cheaper. <laughs> um, so I can offer usually like $10 international shipping for those, which is nice, which is a lot better than $50 shipping for my bigger items. <laughs> oh, wow. So I, uh, I think that, that definitely draws some more international cu- customers to buy the little pelt pins because uh, shipping isn't too terribly expensive. Right, it's not prohibitive. Yeah. I saw, and I haven't really seen many people rock this one, but I'm, I'm very curious about the process. You're able to do a laser engraving on these pins? Yeah, uh only done it a few times so you must I know I, I, I can't remember where you uh, would have saw that ah, but uh yeah you've, been, yeah you've been searching uh so i have um, i've got a guy that's just local uh that he can he laser engraves all sorts of items for me so a lot of my tie racks and stuff if i'm doing them for a brand or company uh, they'll want their logo laser engraved on it and uh, but i've had a few people want their lapel pins laser engraved i think i've done like two or three um so not too many um but i'm actually uh, friday i have a small personal laser engraver machine showing up that i'll be able to learn and use myself and so that's nice. uh something i want to do more of this year is being able to do um i guess uh, extra custom lapel pins that can have some sort of logo or an initial or something like that because um, I have lots of suit companies and uh, or just like custom clothiers that I've met They're like oh could you do a pin with my logo on it that I can give to all my customers and stuff and so I have been able to do it but I haven't been able to do it at a reasonable cost um, mm. it's reasonable for like the if I'm doing one of my bigger items but we're talking small little pell pins like people aren't wanting to spend Twenty-five, thirty dollars for is because it's extra for the uh, for the engraving. They're not going to spend that much um, for something they're going to give to every single customer. So, um, if I can bring that laser engraver in house, I can do it a little bit cheaper. And um, so that's what I'm hoping to start learning on a Friday or Saturday when I get that machine. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazingly delicate and intricate to do any engraving. Am I incorrect? Uh, it's fairly, for what I understand, it's fairly simple process. Um, oh. It's basically you uh, put the logo into uh, into a program in your computer, and that's uh, synced up with the laser engraving machine. And then um, you can make some sort of, uh, not necessarily mold, but something that can hold it in the exact place. Like the little help ends, I'll just, great old thing and so um, you know just press if you get it all lined up correctly you just kind of press go and it should burn it right in you can take that one out throw another one in and burn another logo and um, that's kind of the idea if I'm doing a big batch of custom logo ones Um, so it's all just on the computer and connected to the machine so and it can do fairly intricate uh, intricate engravings which is cool 
Justin, you may uh, you may have got a new customer. That engraving thing is interesting to me. Yeah, that's uh, really haven't told anyone about that. That I'm getting the getting that machine on Friday. <laughs> so. Exclusive, exclusive. Exactly. I got a you're scoop. The, you're the first to know. I can't believe this. I'm flattered. Yeah. So I still got to figure out. I got to learn that thing. Then. <laughs> I don't. Right. <laughs> I've always just sent the things off to my guy, and I'll probably still use them for uh, some bigger items and stuff, but. I want to do that, uh, just be able to do that for my small items and not be able to have to charge as much um, to make it cost prohibitive with the people that are wanting to buy, you know, 20, 30, or 50 for, you know, a custom clothier that wants to um, include them with every single suit that they make. So. Right. Well, this episode's not going to launch for a while, so. Uh, <laughs> so, by then I'll have time. it figured out and, you know, I'll be, Right, right, plenty of time. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Can you explain to me, I saw on one post, and then, trust me, I want to move on to some of your other product line, but you found resin from, like, a Corvette factory? Yeah, so uh, that so that material is called Fordite, and um, actually, yeah, I'm wearing one today, and uh, so Fordite is, um, so it originally, the name Fordite um, was named mm-hmm. after the uh, Ford plants, and gotcha. um, basically during the uh, this process isn't usually it's not really used uh, anymore as far as the painting goes. Um, but the way that the cars used to be painted, they would go, um, they basically or be on some sort of thing. I don't know exactly what it's called, and uh, they get sprayed with the paint, and so all the excess spray would just be. Um, would either coat up on the floors or like on the uh, on the rails that were holding the uh, the body of the car, and so after thousands of layers of paint, it would just create this kind of glob of old of just thousands of layers of paint, and so uh, they would they have to knock it off um, off the rails, and so. Uh, so, like, jewelry makers started getting hold of this stuff and, like, turning it into um, jewelry. Um, just be able to make rings or earrings or um, all sorts of stuff out of it. And so um, I was just, yeah, drawn to how cool and unique um, that this material was. And so I yeah, found some person on Etsy selling some small little pieces of uh, Fordite. And so I... Uh, bought that up and I uh, just used my normal process of making little felt pins and inset it into the uh, hardware and it definitely made some cool little pins that are probably probably my favorite ones to date. So. Very cool. And, yeah, those ones were specifically from a uh, Corvette factory. The Corvette Fordite is usually the most um, sought after Fordite because Corvettes are the most they have the most colorful options of vehicles. Um, so the colors in the Corvette Fordite are usually a little bit brighter than other cars. <laughs> the Fashion Geeks are hosted and powered by Blueberry. That's Blueberry. B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. Thinking of launching a podcast? Want your episodes to be deployed smoothly? Go to Blueberry.com, type in the word fashion, and get a deal on us. Just put in the word fashion. Blueberry. Always host fly.
So are you thinking of uh, stepping up and going right to the source? Talk to Mr. Ford. I don't know. Something. Well, uh, well, yeah, like I said, the, the, this stuff is, it's actually getting pretty rare to find even uh, since that, uh, that manufacturing process isn't, uh, that's not how they're painted anymore. So, um, so you can't actually like get it straight off the floor of the manufacturer anymore. <laughs> uh, wow. So this makes it even more special of a uh, small batch operation. Exactly. So, you have a very extensive product line. Obviously, it evolved over time. Your business has been around a little over three years. So, you talked about really this was a marrying of your love of woodwork and the menswear space. Was woodwork a hobby since childhood? How did that? How did that come about? Yes, that's an incredible skill. Yeah, Uh, so I got into woodworking five, uh, I guess almost six years ago, uh, when we bought our first house. Uh, We didn't have any furniture, and I was like, I don't want to go spend tons of money on furniture. So I just uh, started learning how to make stuff and uh, found plans online for furniture that we thought we might like, and uh, bought a couple tools and saws and stuff, and started learning how to build stuff. So that was that was the beginning of it. <laughs> Sheesh, just six years ago? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Man. So yeah, You're I didn't have any real deal. I didn't have any sort of woodworking or uh, experience since then, but I yeah, I definitely enjoyed uh, finding something to do that I can work with my hands and, uh, and create unique things. Um, it's a definitely a creative outlet for me. Your source material, let's say for the bigger bigger items on your product line, where where do you get all these woods? Do, do you just go to a store? Like, yeah, just explain to me the methodology, the process. How do how do you source? Uh, so I'll say, yeah, when I first when I first got started, um, I let's see, I think yeah, right before I got started, I. Um, when I was first building furniture and stuff, I had mainly just used like um, cheap pine wood and like plywood and stuff. And then on one of my projects, I used um, walnut, which is just a domestic hardwood. And uh, when I put finish on that the first time, I was like, whoa, this stuff looks incredible. <laughs> uh, mm. Just the, the grain and the color. And um, so that was like my first a taste of using hardwoods and I'm like how do I use this stuff more and so yeah, when I first started making my products I had actually I was using scraps of wood from a um a cutting board maker that I knew and just like cutting it up into smaller sizes um, and so he had scraps of like some walnut and maple wood and so that was my first couple things that I made and then I had to start learning you know after people wanted to buy more had to start learning how to um, actually buy lumber. And so at first it was just um, from a local woodworking store um, called Rockler. And they've got a bunch of stores all over the nation. They're just kind of like the main woodworking hardware and they have a selection of wood. Um, but after, you know, things keep picking up more, you got to figure out how to get your costs down. So it just sure. it's a little more expensive there. And so I found a local uh, hardwood dealer 
and um, they have pretty much any wood that I can imagine. Um, so they have all sorts of domestic wood species. So they got like maple and cherry and walnut, and like oak and white oak. And then they have a ton of different exotic woods, which are just woods that have been imported from other countries. Um, so I use uh, one called babinga. There's like African mahogany, um, all sorts of, there's just all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, so I started buying from them, just they had the best prices that I found. Um, so yeah, basically all my wood is sourced from them as far as like my, my boards go. The little smaller ones for lapel pens, I kind of source from a variety of different websites wherever I can find anything unique. But for my larger ones, I'm buying eight to 10 feet of multiple boards that are eight to 10 feet long each time I'm buying wow. stuff. <laughs> And you just store it in that massive garage of yours, which yeah. seems to be a Two -car garage. impressive operation. Yeah, I've got a <laughs> wood rack that I just uh, put everything on. <laughs> gotcha. So just to review, we did it earlier, but for the listeners, you do tie racks, coat hooks, pocket square organizers, collar stay organizers, shoehorns, belt racks, aforementioned lapel pins and accessory trays yep i think i think that's it so um yeah i just basically when i first um so the very first thing that i ever made and what got me um started selling stuff on etsy was um i had this collection of pocket squares probably like 20 or 30 of them and i was like there's no good ways to store these things and so um I made a little piece of wood with a wood dowel on it. Uh, made this, and then got these little clips. And uh, it's like, oh, somebody else might like to. If they have an issue with pocket square stores, they might want to buy this too. So um, it was just a piece of wood that had some stain on it. And then uh, so I put that up on Etsy, and uh, somebody eventually bought that. And then I was like, well, what else goes with this? So I made. Uh, so I started making the Tyrex uh, to go with that. So those were kind of my first things that I've uh, pretty much offered from the beginning. So the Tyrex and then the uh, pocket square racks. And then I've just kind of expanded things here and there over the years. Right. The pocket square organizer, I think it's cute because those clips are like the clips I see in retail stores. Yeah. Um, that's... Uh, I love the clips because they're easy to use and they they don't um, they don't damage any of the fabric, um, but then I hate them sometimes because they don't look the best compared to uh, the rest of my product. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a simple so, plastic clip. You yeah, can't... there's no way to like make it nice. <laughs> right? What could? Uh, how could I hype this? Yeah. Well, what could I do? You really can't. <laughs> so until I find something else, I mean, there's all sorts of other clips. Uh, there's other clips, but a lot of them have the. Uh, alligator style clasp on it which um if you're Ooh. just pulling a thing off yeah. or it can uh, mm -mm. damage the silks or um or wool pocket squares and i don't think anybody wants that so and, uh, it might look a little better but uh for the uh storage of the pocket squares it's not the best so i'll keep the keep sticking with the plastic ones for now right and you'll keep your eyes open if you find an alternative yeah, i'm that keep my eyes open for something else out there <laughs> <laughs> and how previous to you building this 
How are you keeping your pocket squares? Everywhere. I don't know. They were just <laughs> all over my closet or something. They were just a... They were socks. Yeah. Hey, here's some of my underwear. Here's some of my T-shirts. I think originally I just put... Before I made the wood one that went on my wall, I had put... I had like screwed two hooks into my closet and just had like a wood dowel on that. So I think I've been... You know, for probably like a year before that, I had them stored like that. We Even with this clips i just didn't have any sort of fancy wood rack or anything <laughs> so understood yeah. so the tie racks yeah you and i have talked about this because again i have a tie rack that my grandparents gave me yeah <laughs> so uh yeah so uh you struck out with me again <laughs> so because uh just the sentimentality alone it's not going anywhere. Yeah, that's special. And yeah, that's it bad. really is, and it's great. Uh, but game recognized game. <laughs> I've I've looked at yours, and yours are really something. They're they're nice. They're beautiful. I'm not blowing smoke. <laughs> I like that. There's an option that you can have a top. Yeah. And I've seen people use that top for interesting things. Yeah. <laughs> Let me lay my beer here. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. So, All right, so brave one. If, <laughs> a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I'm not I'm not knocking your skill, Justin, but yeah. uh, now no. No. The pint glass goes on the ground. <laughs> Cause to me that's equivalent to having a pint glass next to your computer. These are lessons you should learn from the get go. You don't do that. I don't know so, if you had a coaster or not, but <laughs> Yeah, I just uh the wood should be good. It's uh it, it repels the water pretty good, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just if it if it does a drip, and it goes on these lovely Zania ties. Oh, that's true. I, that that's all I'm saying. It's not a knock against you. It's a, it's a knock against that person who who felt so emboldened <laughs> to do such a thing. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, but again, they look you know they look really nice. I have to make sure to ask you this, Justin, or I will be remiss during this pod. How many damn ties fits that five foot long tie rack that you made? Oh my gosh, it was. Come on, man. Tell me the story. This is ridiculous. I saw that on your stories. I almost fell off my bed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that was the longest one I made. It was. Yeah, five feet long, 60 inches. Uh, let me do some real quick math. I'm trying to figure uh, It was about, it was close to 120, I think. 120 pegs. 100, yeah, 120 pegs. And that person ordered wow. two, if I remember right. What? <laughs> and you sent it to Dubai. Yes. Uh, I don't know if that one was, <laughs> uh, but I have sent some stuff there. Uh, but yeah, that was... That was crazy, and yeah, the fact that they ordered two of them, so that's something over 200 ties, which is... 240 yeah, I, I ties. Collection. This uh, this guy's a baller. Yeah. I've, I've had a couple people buying them. Uh, I've really? Had, I've had lots that were... I think I only offer on my site up to 48 inches, but I just say, if you need longer, just let me know. Um, so I've had several people that order the 48-inch long ones. Five foot long. Crazy. I just, yeah, yeah. Now, I want to really be clear, honest, transparent. 
So the Tyrek that my grandparents gave me, it doesn't have the pegs like yours. And then, though I'm handy, I'm not a wood guy. So mine have... have a little wire type thing that, like, flips out. It, the ones, yes, that can go left or right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so you know. Yeah. Boom. I, I've wood. seen plenty of Tyrex. <laughs> yeah. <I'm, laughs> I'm sure you have, Justin. Okay. Uh, clearly, I didn't describe mine well, so mm-hmm. I'm glad you filled in the gaps. So, yeah, wood, metal in the middle, and you don't consider those hooks. What do you consider them? But you know what I'm talking well, yeah, about. Yeah, I don't know what I would exactly call those. Yeah. I can guarantee yeah. that that's a lot nicer than anything else that's made today other than my products. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? You're damn right. There's a, there's, no one's still making them even, even like that. So, um. I, But that was going to be a lead. Are you planning to make? Because I would never replace my grandparents, ever. Yeah. But I think maybe for customers, just giving you some free advice, yeah. that having the one with that option to go left and right. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I I think it's a pretty, yeah, it's definitely a cool feature. Um, I don't even know the, the, yeah, just something I'd have to figure out how to get manufactured somewhere. And I don't even know the first place to start on something like that. Um, That's kind of the biggest dilemma sometimes when I've got other ideas of stuff I want to make is just figuring out how to get certain pieces manufactured or, made somehow <laughs> sure well i appreciate you uh giving a compliment to my late grandparents because you're right i've not, i've never looked for other tire racks but if i literally stumble on one they look like straight garbage yeah <laughs> and i just feel so so blessed literally i'm like man my grandparents wow because they knew what they were doing because yeah. this this other stuff it's like eek yeah uh, i think a lot it's, of those those older vintage ones were, I think a lot of times they're made from walnut too. It's usually the darker brown color. Um, mm. But I I just have to buy one sometime and buy a vintage one and check that out and see exactly how that hardware operates. Because I, I think it's definitely a cool feature where you, gotta, you, know, can, you can have it come out and select what you want. You can just kind of fold it back in and it doesn't take up much space. Yeah, I've really enjoyed that. Because to be honest, and I know you have customers who do this with the ones with the pegs, have uh, I've been known to double or triple on a uh, on a hook there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, do what you gotta yeah. do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> but uh, yeah, five foot long. No, you know, actually, it's not a problem. I have a I have an interest. Those people have problems. <laughs> I'd like to get two of those, please, sir. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how come uh, maybe they're not on Instagram yet? Because uh, I would oh, know where these people. Yeah. I'm convinced one of them's from Dubai. I'm just convinced. Could be. I know you've been, you've been kind of quiet on revealing your source. But <laughs> I know you're looking for future business. But it, it, it's just crazy, man. Yipes. Yeah. Yipes. Uh, I, I know I haven't seen any of those large ones. Uh, overseas anywhere because I know it would have been crazy expensive. <laughs> so to be clear, all your items are handcrafted. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, any of the yeah wood portion of everything is uh, made by me. The uh, so the shoehorns 
guess they're the only thing technically not made by me, but they're just made for a, uh, my buddy makes them for me. He's got a, uh, he's got a lathe that he turns the wood on and then we just put the hardware on that. Uh, but yeah, everything handcrafted here locally. And then, so like the pegs for my tie rack. So when I first, I guess probably for the first two years, um, I was just buying those from like a big hardware wholesaler and they were, you know, I don't really, they were just like cast metal made in China somewhere and they were fine. But like at, after I kept buying however many thousands of them, the quality just kept getting worse and worse. And I just wasn't pleased. Um, I had a couple of people even say that the, uh, like the chrome plating on them was like chipping off and kind of snagging their ties and stuff. And so at that point, I would already be, I had already been looking at um, finding a new manufacturer for pegs. And um, it was pretty much the beginning of last year. Um, and I found through Instagram a guy that makes, um, he makes cribbage boards. Um, I've never played cribbage, but, uh, but no, he makes these, uh, it's just, game with all these tiny little holes and then you have these little metal pegs and I'm honestly not sure how it works uh, but you kind of move the pegs around the holes until someone wins uh, but these little metal pegs I saw these it's like oh my gosh like I wonder if you could make me some custom tie pegs and so I just shot him a message on Instagram and um, he was able to create a custom tie peg design um, that only I mean, just for us just for me and um, we make them a couple different finishes. And so, um, he makes them all using a Swiss CNC lathe, which is just this crazy high tech machine that loads a, um, basically a bar of metal that's like 12 feet long. It loads it in. It's got all these mechanical things that just cuts it and shaves it down to the exact shapes. So everyone is like perfectly the same. And, uh, that's just like a fascinating process learning about that. Uh, so this past year, I like really stepped up the quality of the, uh, of the hardware on them. Um, so I, that was all to say, yes, everything is handmade by me. Uh, if not, I try and find, uh, as far as hardware, I try and find other sources. They're either a, uh, either local or a small business. Um, there's still other hardwares that I have to get, I have to buy in bulk somewhere else, but um, like a little help in hardware, I'm trying to um, find a different source for making custom making stuff specifically for me. But uh, yeah. <laughs> and your hardware choices generally are chrome. Uh, yeah. So the uh, let's see. So for the tie pegs, um, yeah. At one point, I think I called it like chrome brushed brass and oil over bronze. Um, yes. We moved to the new pegs. Now it's stainless, which it's kind of in between like this brushed matte and the chrome. Uh, I just call it stainless and people buy it. So uh, stainless steel, uh, which is solid stainless steel. It's not coated metal or anything. Mm. And then we have solid brass. And then I now have oil, oil rub bronze and then black the oil rub bronze and then the flat black. Um, I powder coat both of those to get that finish um, in my shop. So, 
Sounds very sounds very detailed. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I have to charge a little bit extra for those too because it's a it's a process to get that uh, that finish on them. You have accessory trays. You have collar stay organizers. Your collar stay organizers really, I mean, seems to be a solution for probably many men who just they just the stays are just willy nilly. Probably even worse <laughs> than the ties. Yeah, uh, that was just another one of those things. It was like you know, I fixed the pocket squares and. I looked at my shelf. I'm like, what are all these collar stays doing spread out everywhere? So I'll take some wood and put a hole in it and make it look cool. (laughs) So started making those too. Yeah. I mean, it, it really seems to make sense. Your small unit holds 15 pairs and you have the larger unit that holds 36 pairs. Very well organized. Your accessory tray, I see that you just recently tried one with a lid and a hinge. Mm -hmm. Can you talk me through that? Because I saw that, and laying flat, it makes sense. Yeah. But when you close it, what the heck happens? Uh, That's a great question. Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I I just had the, uh, yeah, I really haven't pushed the accessory tray too much, and actually still need to put it up on my website. So I had just the plain accessory tray without any sort of lid, and then I just had a customer that wanted to put a I basically just made a second accessory tray and put a hinge so it closes I don't I think it was more um wasn't so much to put accessories on both sides of it but um that way if you have some bigger things though the um the other side of it can close I think it was more just so it's not getting dusty and stuff I don't know that's something I still want to figure out um that's something that probably still needs some work um, because I think there's some other features to add to it. I could add like a little um, clasp on it that could hold it closed. If somebody is wanting to uh, take it out, close it and stick it back in a drawer or like travel with it or something. Um, mm. So that was just kind of like, so, I mean, if somebody asked me to do something that's, fairly it's basically based on our products isn't that difficult i'm usually open to trying something new um so i was like yeah sure i'll do that and um and if i like it then i'll keep trying to improve on it and uh see where it goes so speaking of that are there like a few ideas that you're mulling around that you may uh, you may launch within, yeah. uh, within the, the new year yeah um so Obviously, sticking with all the the main products, and you know, possibly introducing some different woods and stuff here and there, and then making improvements uh, wherever I can. So, well, the first thing I do I do want to make improvements on is the uh, lapel pin hardware. I'm hoping to get my uh, tie peg manufacturer to start um, being able to manufacture uh, lapel pin hardware, which would just really step up the quality of those. Uh, but as far as like new products, um, want to start doing more yeah, accessory storage type stuff. Whether that's some sort of little valet tray that you can throw your wallet, keys, phone, mm. watch, whatever. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how I want to make some sort of design like that. Uh, 
yeah, maybe improving the accessory ones or little watch trays and stuff. Um, I'll every once in a while, yeah, I'll, I think a week or two ago, I just threw out an Instagram story just saying what other suggestions that people have, and um, a lot of things are actually people things that people have suggested before, but I just haven't been able to do for whatever reason. So a lot of people want hangers. I'm like, I want to do hangers too, but like hangers require a very big operation. Like uh, it's a, it's quite a manufacturing process to make hangers. (laughs) Mm. Um, That would have to be something I'd probably have to outsource or, um, custom made somewhere else and that's you know I don't know if I really want to go down I kind of go back and forth it's like it'd be cool to get some things manufacturers for me but I also like being able to make everything myself um, right and that's something that I don't think I could make myself without charging a ton of money for and um, and then but the one thing people have been saying for a while is a, like a suit valet or a valet stand. Um, someplace you can set your clothes out the day before, um, hang up your jacket on, put accessories. Um, and so that's, I've thought about it. I've kind of been intimidated by that idea in the past, but after a week or two ago, I've been like really thinking about how I can make something like that happen. Um, how to produce a bigger item like that. So, We'll, we'll see what comes of that this year. I'm still throwing around lots of ideas in my head if I want to do it or how it would look or how I would exactly go about making that. So we'll see. Sure. Stay tuned. Yeah. Hey, you could you could uh, launch an exclusive on the pod, Justin. When you, exactly. When you do this. <laughs> uh, somebody did suggest uh, doing a Kickstarter or some crowdfunding. And I'm like, oh, that's... It's not a bad idea. I've thought about it in the past, but I haven't had any like big product idea that would uh, necessitate doing something like that. But um, I think that could be that could be one. So who knows? Yeah, sounds good. Fingers crossed. So Justin, what does the term "always be fly" mean to you? It's <laughs> a good question. I know you're laughing. I don't know why. I'm like, what? I didn't think I was that was so funny right there, but yeah, okay. That's, uh, that's good. Always be fly. Um, and I would say just, you know, however you're living, um, you know, when it comes to dressing, you know, um, you know, whether being at home or at work, just being uh, comfortable in what you're wearing. But I think um, more than that and is just, how you um, how you present yourself and like how you speak to pipe how do you how you speak to people or um, just how you interact with people um, you know, always be fly I mean just it's just a matter of you know always treating people with respect and um, I think that's how I try and run my business is just offer kind of the best customer service and experience that I can and um, whether somebody's buying one small thing or a bunch of things from me. Um, it's just treating everybody with respect. So that's my gotcha. best thing I could come up with in one minute. 
You did fine. Yeah, I wasn't I like even it. timing you. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, Dapper Woodworks, handcrafted items made to order in Saxe, Texas, in the DFW mm. Metroplex. Always be fly. Always be fly. Thank <laughs> you.